Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In light of the announcement of a second lockdown, Drunk Women Solving Crime Live on the 2nd of December at the Clapham Grand will now be postponed to later in December 2020. The new date will be announced imminently, so please keep watching the Drunk Women social media accounts and the Clapham Grand website for updates. And of course, we'll let you know on one of our upcoming episodes as soon as we can announce that date. Thank you so much for your patience. And Katie, Hannah and Taylor look forward to seeing you very soon. Until then, please enjoy this episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. Drunk Women Solving Crime. Drunk Women. Drunk Women Solving Crime. Drunk Women. Now it's time for Drunk Women Solving This is Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Taylor Glenn, and I'm a writer and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. As well as author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. This is where beer meets breaking and entering, Prosecco meets perjury, and vodka meets vandalism. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime... (laughs) I'm a tit man myself. Oh, no, I'm a bushman. <laughs> I'm a bushman. <laughs> you took us to Australia and back to tell us about a bestiality. <laughs> Let him pull your pigtails, Taylor. <laughs> he might marry you. And that's my stuff. <laughs> I don't understand how you guys have managed to wangle being drunk <laughs> as a living. I don't think anyone's managed that since, like, Oliver Reed. <laughs> now it's time. For drunk women solving crime. Hello, and-
and welcome to the first Drunk Women Men's Month episode of 2020. Yay! I am thrilled to introduce our guest. It's the comedian and presenter, Nish Kumar. Hello, Hello, Nish. At last, some jobs for men. When? (laughs) When will society allow us to have some jobs on podcasts? (laughs) You're doing God's work uh, being here with us. It's something to say, it's never too early to talk about a good cause. So thank you yeah, exactly. for that lead in. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what occurred to me, though, um, just today, because I was looking at when this is going to come out, and it's coming out the day after the U.S. election. And I was like, fuck. No fucking oh. way. Yeah. So we're either going to be like oh breathing a God. sigh of relief or like curling up with our cyanide oh, pills. Jesus but, oh, Jesus Christ. God. Okay. That, <laughs> they're either going to need this episode more than ever, or it's <laughs> either way it's irrelevant, right? <laughs> Well, that's I, kind of the way we roll. It's either like um, congratulations to everyone, or welcome to the start of the second civil war. Yes, yeah. Right. Well, I can oh, think God. of no better way to kick it off than to ask <laughs> <laughs> what we always ask, which now is for some comedy. <laughs> now for for some light relief. Nish, have you ever been the victim of a crime? I have been the victim of uh, definitely one attempted crime when I was about either 12 or 13 years old I was in my house on my own and my mum had gone to pick my brother up from his friend's house and a man tried to break into our house (gasps) oh god yeah when I was uh, when I was upstairs and I basically because I'm not really like because when I was a kid I was I listen I was exactly the sort of kid you think I was so I was just like (laughs) sat in my room thinking about the Simpsons and (laughs) I had sort of lost track of whether my mother was still in the house or not. And I just heard this like sort of crashing noise from downstairs. Oh. And so I just assumed it was my mum. So I shouted down mum and I looked <sighs> down the uh, the stairs to see someone who was not my mum because wow. I don't want to give too much away about I uh, respect my mother's privacy. But the man <laughs> was very much a white man. And that is two <laughs> things my mother is very much not. Um, and... Um, yeah, in the hallway of our house. Oh my god! And he, like, oh my god! He, now he heard me shout uh, my, uh, for my mum, like just like not really shouting for my mum. I was literally just going like, "Mum, are you still here?" And then he froze and then panicked and dashed. So wow. basically, the potted history of this is uh, I averted a crime. I yeah. intimidated uh, a mugger. The real story is that uh, I thought my mum was in, realised there was a mugger there. Uh, sat on the stairs and cried for 20 minutes and then had to be calmed down by my neighbor. (laughs) But the official party line is I intimidated a mugger. Absolutely. Oh, does anybody else want to hug Lil Nish? I love that you intimidated him. Yeah. Like by literally just going, yeah, <laughs> calling for your mum. He was right to because if my mum had been in the house, she'd have beaten the shit out of him. Like actually, he was actually, yeah. he was correct to be uh, to be afraid of her. Wow. They, they used a crowbar to break the back window, wow. and um, oh, it was just one of the. <laughs> it was just one of those things where, like, I, the police were there. And they were like, "Yeah, we're probably not going to catch this guy." And you're like, "Okay, thank you. Can you at least just?" <laughs> <laughs> pretend you're going to do some like CSI cold case stuff on this. Yeah, like, they should at least have a fake line for children. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Like, <laughs> it's like they come in and they're like, Santa's not real and we don't solve crimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you little twat. <laughs> Man up next time. Yelling for your mom. You're on your own. <laughs> I do wonder, we, 
we unearth a lot of life hacks on this podcast. Uh, it's just sort of a side benefit of drinking for a living. I wonder, I wonder if yelling mom could be used in a variety of situations because yeah. I feel like it would really unnerve somebody if you, you think used it. was maybe it. triggering for him? Maybe well, his mom, he didn't have a great relationship. He might have had a difficult relationship. Yeah, yeah, Actually, yeah. But also it reminds people that other people are people that have families and stuff. You're not like a faceless... Yeah. you know, number, you're like, oh no, that guy's got to tell his mom. He's got a dad. He's got, you know. Yeah, maybe like he's like, it was an excess of empathy that caused him to fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, an excess of empathy. It might have done. But it's like that thing that people say that when you're, if you're being attacked, you should shout, is this the thing? This is a oh, piece yeah. of you should shout fire. Yeah. Because otherwise oh. people won't people won't engage yeah. with it. But this is like the reverse of that. You're actually saying... <laughs> Appeal to the good nature of the criminal community. <laughs> I think what I'd do maybe is like, if someone was in my house, I'd just shout like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson! So he was about to arrive. <laughs> and then they'd be like, oh, fucking, well, I'm not taking on The Rock. And then... Yeah. I'm intrigued by every level of that because... <laughs> So you are anticipating that Dwayne The Rock Johnson would be in your house, and yet your relationship with him is such that you still refer to him as Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He insists. Like... <laughs> it's how he gets off. Hannah lives with two Dwayne Johnsons. <laughs> yeah, one's like an account. Not the pebble. Not the pebble. I want The Rock. <laughs> Oh my God, that's amazing. Um, You know, anyone that's desperate enough that they're breaking into a house not to have an excess of empathy as... as Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But they probably thought the house was empty and that would be unsettling enough. You know, they're not there to terrorize people or or carry out Yeah, they want to quit in and out or whatever. Yeah. So it was just That's what the guy was... I I have... It was, you know, obviously it's like I have quite a very... It's a very vivid memory for me. But I definitely remember the policeman just being like, look, they don't want... They don't want anyone in the house. Yeah. I think also yeah. when you're like 13 and you watched as many like ill-advised, like violent <laughs> movies as I have, I just yeah. sort of always anticipated that they, you know, at any yeah. given moment, any of us is a heartbeat away from a panic room style situation. Yeah, yeah, the escalation. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, that's, it's hugely traumatic. So it's so healthy that we're laughing about it. <laughs> <laughs> and Nish, just so you know, we're laughing at you and not Yeah, great. I, I, I think that is, that is the correct... <laughs> The empathy is pouring out of her. Katie's the nicest. She can't even, she's like, no, too far, guys. (laughs) Well, Nish, we always ask if you could have this perpetrator in front of you now in a non-threatening situation. He's not here to harm you. He's not going to talk back or anything. What would you say to him? I'd say to him, joke's on you. My mom wasn't there and I was really weak. (laughs) Suck to me, you, (laughs) rubber. <laughs> I love that it's trash talk. My mum wasn't even there. <laughs> that is excellent. <laughs> What's great is it almost felt like you had been writing that for several years. <laughs> I've really stored up some animosity towards this man. So my mum wasn't even there. We I just even, shouted that. We also didn't even have anything good. Like, <laughs> like if the guy was planning on like robbing an out-of-date Super Nintendo, then, <laughs> you know, like, my house in the, like, late 90s, early noughties was not full of stuff to steal. Mm. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Very good. Very good. Thank you so much for sharing that. I still want to hug that that little kid. Yeah. I 
It's just this natural instinct. Poor guy. It? All he wanted to do was just live his life and think about The Simpsons all day. <laughs> no. That's all he wanted to do. That's absolutely the, all he wanted to do. It's the one thing The Simpsons never prepared you for. <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Guys, it's time to veer into the true crime case that I have prepared. Are we ready? Uh huh. We look ready. We're drinking at 5 p.m. We couldn't be readier. Yeah. <laughs> I don't um, understand how you guys d- are doing this. <laughs> no one does. It's, I don't understand how you guys have managed to wangle being drunk <laughs> as a living. I don't think anyone's managed that since like Oliver Reed. <laughs> like just being professionally hammered. <laughs> just have everyone pretend to accept it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't come with a pension, though, because we're not going to live that long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, we all take enhance my appearance on Zoom, so we look much worse oh, than I this. I didn't do that. This well, Katie, how, you don't need to. We don't need to talk like, about really, that. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That you can press to enhance your appearance. Oh, yeah. And how far can this enhancement go, guys? <laughs> Because I'm carrying a bit of lockdown girth around the old midriff. It doesn't uh, doesn't change your girth, I'm afraid. I've tried. <laughs> but, guys, here we go. This okay. is the case of Louis de Rougemont. Ooh. Louis was a wealthy Parisian-born explorer who spent over 30 years living with an indigenous tribe and later writing about his experiences in a publication. So first question, what time period is this? Um, Do you say he was an explorer? Mm-hmm. When when you and, say explorer, how um, I don't wish to be uh, indecorous. White are we interpreting that word as? We will yeah. very much get to that. <laughs> Would the word be colonist if it was an explorer? <laughs> I think another way to ask the question is which era smacks of white guys infiltrating an indigenous population? I mean, that could be any That's year between fifteen hundred and about yeah. nineteen eighty. <laughs> I'm going to say like early, like maybe 1600s. Okay. Very good guess. I'm, I'm going to go 19, 1919. Ooh. I think I'm going to say 1990. Yeah. Like, all right. <laughs> the never aired Louis Theroux special just didn't play very well <laughs> to the test audience. <laughs> okay, good. 1919. We got 1600. Hannah George, you want to oh, split the difference? in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Like 1750. Okay, these are all good guesses because it's a depressingly wide range of <laughs> possibilities. He started writing in 1898, so oh. it was the decades oh, wow. preceding, yeah. So it was the 90s, just the wrong 90s. <laughs> just the wrong 90s, uh, but very much an era of, hello, I live here now. <laughs> so where do you think he lived with this tribe? Again, so many options. <laughs> like, fucking hell. I, I mean, I would say... I mean, I'm only guessing if we're assuming, I guess French, like somewhere like somewhere in North Africa, like Senegal, mm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Ah. That's a very good guess. Um, I'm going to say somewhere in South Africa, like South Africa. <laughs> I don't think it'll be that though. I'm just going to say the USA. <laughs> These are all plausible answers. Um, the answer is Australia. Oh. Okay. And the lucky folks were the Torres Strait Islanders. Um, now, in which city do you suppose this guy wound up writing about his experiences? Who would have been super hungry 
for these kinds of stories? In Australia or anywhere? Well, that's for you to decide. <laughs> I'm going to say London. The Victorians were going. Ding, 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 ding. Spot on. He wrote in London. Of course. He wrote for a publication called Wide World Magazine. So context, yes, this is the height of the British Empire. So Wide World Magazine is basically hardcore porn for colonialists. <laughs> um, that was their tagline. <laughs> right in for your own wank bank. I don't even know. Um, so they serialized his stories as The Adventures of Louis de Rougemont. And then they were later published all together as The Adventures of Louis de Rougemont. As told by himself. <laughs> Great. These titles got to be snappier, guys. Come yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> told by himself. My favourite um, like autobiography um, name is when people, I think Victoria Beckham had an autobiography called My Autobiography. <laughs> Fuck's sake. What? That is still snappier. It's, I mean, it's not bad. It's not bad. I, it's not it's not necessary, but it is snappier. I'm going to say I would like people to aim somewhere between the middle of those two things. <laughs> yeah. I want something I want something shorter, but I want something that's a bit more effort than my autobiography. Yeah. <laughs> and and like only a pun if it's a really good pun. Yes. True. Mm. True. There's something about as told by himself that made me think of they weren't as popular here, but Judy Bloom books. Like, did you guys read Judy Bloom? Yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm looking at Nish. Come on, Nish. I'm, that that I'm scary familiar. little kid yeah. at the top of the stairs. <laughs> I'm, Judy Bloom is something that I think I've sort of absorbed via cultural osmosis. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think like yeah. I think it's probably like re been referenced in enough American programs that I've watched. Yeah. Well, yeah. To be and frank, I've, it's I've the only some... Oh sorry, Katie. Go ahead. Oh no, sorry. Just boasting that I've read Judy Bloom. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> See, I, I genuinely wasn't sure. It's the only way American kids learn about sex because we our yeah. parents won't tell I read us. A, I read a sex one. <laughs> all, Katie going into the ones. library. I demand the sex, Judy Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a chapter about her getting contraceptives. Anyway, continue. <laughs> but this is uh, this is how we learned. Um, it could have almost been, are you there, God? It's me, Louis. It would have worked. Now, Louis never meant to wind up in Australia. He was actually sailing a ship called the Ada that was on an expedition. What type of expedition was this? What do you think he was after? Ooh, treasure? I mean, it's a bit beyond <laughs> treasure times, isn't it? <laughs> no, not necessarily, Hannah George. I think you're very much on to something. I keep touching my nose. I don't know who that's for. The listeners, I'm touching my nose. <laughs> Is it gold? Is that gold rush time? Close. Katie Wilkins, any advance? Was, what, what was, he, was he trying to go to Australia for whatever he was about to nick from someone else? He was not. He oh, was... I read a thing the other day about the fact that pepper used to be, like peppercorns used to be a bit of a commodity. Because uh, they're really expensive. So now, whenever like peppercorns yeah. go anywhere, like all over the floor, I pick them all up, <laughs> drop them, and I put them all back in the thing. And <laughs> horrible, really. It is funny, isn't it, when you're like, oh, that was worth loads of money back in the day. I should respect it more. So I'm going to change my answer from treasure to peppercorns. To peppercorns. Combine the two. Salt was worth salt was worth a lot too, but it's harder to get back into the container. But I just eat a lot of it just to honor its <laughs> legacy. What? Just a bowl full of it, like a horrible soup. <laughs> what do you mean horrible? Um, <laughs> in a pinch. Um, you guys are all absolutely onto the right idea. It was a pearl hunting ship. What? I, I feel like hunting is kind of. <laughs> 
an overblown word for like picking up some oysters. Like it's not spear fishing, is it? That's somebody desperately insecure with their masculinity. Like that is that I was hunting (laughs) for shiny balls. I was hunting for shiny balls. I was uh, I was hunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't hear the first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No further questions. It was a hunt. Which, by the way, you're still allowed to do now with more than six people. It's cool. Uh, Some crazy things happened on the Perling ship, including one of his crew members getting attacked by something. What do you think he was attacked? A squid, a squid, a giant squid. Oh, my God, Katie, it was an octopus. So I'm going to give it to you, even though that technically has six legs. I'll give it to you. (laughs) Louis wrote that the great... I can't believe you got that. That's fantastic. I've seen us. Whatever that film was, 100 <laughs> Somebody <laughs> read Whatever Robinson Crusoe <laughs> as a kid. I'm a big fan of 101 Leagues Under the Sea. It's not deep enough. <laughs> <laughs> You're just running into snorkelers at 101 Leagues. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's a real car crash, that film. <laughs> Oh my God, that's beautiful. See, I'm sweating. This is why we take the pictures early. Okay. (laughs) He described octopi as loathsome monsters who would throw their tentacles over the side of the boat and attempt to drag them out to sea. Apparently a crew member was nearly dragged under the water, but they threw hot water on the octopus to scald it. Oh, wow. There you go. Now, there's a storm and his whole crew are off diving. He's alone with his dog, Bruno, So this ship wrecks somewhere on the coast of Queensland, Australia. But he's not alone. What happens next? Does he get saved by these people that he then writes about? That's a very good guess. Did he fuck the dog? (laughs) (laughs) Just immediately. As soon as there was signs there was going to be a shipwreck. We didn't even check if he was... That's... That's in the Patreon subscribers only <laughs> collection. <laughs> I'll tell you about Bruno if you give me $5 a month, guys. $5. Well, I guess there's no one around. I think we've been shipwrecked. I guess I it's just me and the dog that have to reproduce to save us abandoned island. <laughs> Is that where werewolves come from? <laughs> Lovely. Kenna George, any advance on these ex? What was the question? Literally, all I can think about is fucking dogs. It was just, he's not alone. What happens next after the ship wrecks? Oh, I agree with Katie that, of course, it will be these um, these people that he um, then goes on to write about. Okay. Well, you are correct. um, Thank you. I am correct. (laughs) (laughs) Poor old Bruno, who I'm assuming was male as well. It's very confusing. He describes his ship being attacked by extremely tall Aboriginal people who threw spears at him, but he survives. Thank goodness. He makes wait, wait, shelter. He was already shipwrecked. Yeah, but I mean, they come at him because he's just getting off of the ship and they just okay come in with their spears and he lives off of the ship's rations for a while. But he has another encounter with these people and this time it's more peaceful. Any guesses what happened on the second encounter? Can I just say that them immediately attacked him, attacking him reeks of them going, 
get your dick out of that dog. That's it. <laughs> it absolutely reeks of them going, oh my God, that man is absolutely molesting that animal. Yeah. Quick, fetch the spears. <laughs> this is unacceptable to we us. We have to tell stories about this white savage. <laughs> Well, when you guys talked about the saving thing, that's kind of what happens now, except it's... He runs out of rations and wants their food. Well, no, it's the reverse. So not all heroes wear capes, some just wear colonial garb. He sees a catamaran drifting in from sea with four starving members of the tribe on it. And he basically gives them food and water and rum. They get to pet the dog. Uh, they basically have their lives saved by this guy. He nurses them back to health. Now, how do they in turn treat Louis? Right. So these are different different people from the. So they attacked him. They're from then... the same tribe, but okay. these guys had been out to sea. Their ship got blown offshore, and then they wow. finally drift back in, and they're just starving in a really, really near fatal state. I imagine they'd be quite like. Because they probably, I mean, I don't know what, what it was like at the time, but I imagine there wasn't many white people on this island. Was it on an island? Or oh, was there, though? No, it's Queensland. <clears throat> so oh, it's okay. the mainland. So, so it's not like they would be necessarily surprised to see him there. Mm. Well, I'll tell you, because it's a tricky question, isn't it? They bring him back to their village because they're so grateful. And they take him in as one of their own. And they basically worship him like a god for the next... What? 30 odd years. The thing is, he's telling yeah. this story. So how do we even know that's what happened? <laughs> well, Katie, I mean, it, it was written down. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. He used a pen. I take it back. <laughs> he used a, a pen. So guys, during this time, he has the most incredible adventures. I mean, I have to cover 30 years very quickly, but he wrestles alligators. He rides a giant turtle. He eats grilled worms and turtle meat. He learns how to spearfish. Wait, hunt when you for... say, like, rides a giant turtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of these animals is he fucking? <laughs> <laughs> this, this guy's guy sounds, got previous. This guy sounds like a real deviant, if you ask me. Yeah, keep him yeah. away from the turtles. <laughs> Nesh, you hold on to that, because, yes. Um... So he learns how to hunt. He sees flying wombats. Like actual hunting, not just collecting inanimate <laughs> objects. Yeah, he, st- he stole a woman's jewelry. <laughs> what hunting? Hunting. Guys, look, I can pick up a shell. Look at this. Woo. I grabbed a necklace died. off Batman's mum. I'm a hunter now. <laughs> um, he even fights in battles against enemy tribes you know he they are one in the same now um one of his most pivotal moments was when he thinks the tribe are about to do a cannibalism ceremony they're basically all around a fire and they bring out this beautiful woman and of course train of thought they're going to sacrifice her and we're all going to eat her because i'm a god um so he's like no don't kill her don't kill her but it turns out they were just giving him a wife Oh, wow. Oh, yay. That's a much better story. (laughs) So he marries marries this woman that night. They have a few kids who grow up healthy and strong. But eventually, Louis's longing for good old Western life kicks in, and he makes his way to London. And this is where he commits a crime. So my question to you is, what is the crime? What? Does he bring his wife with him back to London and his kids? He does not. Well, that's a crime. Classic French. Absolutely. 
This is why I'm glad. <laughs> this is why I'm glad that we've left this benighted continent. <laughs> <laughs> so he ditches the wife and kids, comes back to London, ditches the wife and kids, and immediately but, commits a crime. But if he's been it, there for thirty years, then are his kids like so twenty-eight of, and should be? Sound, I feel out. like there's already multiple crimes. Sorry, I'm talking over you, female workplace. Um, <laughs> I, I no, think go for it. Go for it. <laughs> he well, he's so he's committed abandonment and let's assume non-payment of child support. Oh yeah, that is <laughs> that's straight away. That, he commit, but technically he committed that crime the second he got on the boat, right? Yes. Oh, so um, it's like he did when he got to London. Yeah. He failed to quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Probably was a requirement then. To be fair. Yeah, he might have been near the Spanish flu sort of time. If he, if he got there in 1898 and he'd been there for like 20 years, he's Ooh. closing in on Spanish yeah. flu quarantine. Ooh. Yeah. Did he immediately do something like a fraud or something? I don't Wait, know. what? Yes. Yeah, what, what, what? Oh, it's a fraud, is it? Yes, he did, Hannah. It's no, but oh, okay. what were you going to say, Katie? Me? Oh, yeah. I was just like getting excited about the timeline and thinking he didn't join the first world war or something Ooh. but um, oh a draft dodger yeah i mm. went i rather than and like showing off any of my knowledge of history i said did he do a fraud <laughs> <laughs> i'm supposed to know stuff about like crimes because we've been doing this for can i just pause and say because i've lived in the uk a long time one of my favorite things is that you say do a something like the first time I heard that, I was just so excited. Like, like do a do poo a, and do a murder. And like do to a... be fair, we don't normally say no, do no. a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> do a dog. But you should. Stop fucking dogs, Frenchie. That's what I say to this guy. But did he get off did he get off the boat and absolutely go to town on someone's pet? <laughs> is that is that the Bestiality. <laughs> The crime of bestiality, wouldn't that be a great result? It would be Nish, great if he got Nish off the boat just... like, back you to took... the good old West when no one yeah. would attack you for molesting an animal. You took us to Australia and back to tell us about a bestiality <laughs> case. Man, of all the ways I saw this going, <laughs> I almost left Bruno out. I'm like, do I have to mention that he had a dog? Because I don't know what happened to the dog. And then I'm like, they won't care that he had a dog. Look at the role that Bruno has played. You guys, the crime that he commits is that he is a hoaxer and none of these events ever occur. Oh, what do is like that? That's so Absolutely. That j- just when I was thinking, you know what, 19th century white people, maybe I had them all wrong. <laughs> this guy goes abroad, he assimilates, he integrates, he doesn't yeah. call it, refer to himself as an expat and open a fish and chip restaurant <laughs> on a fucking beach. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't purloin all the jewelry and say, technically, now this is mine. If you want to see it, you have to pay to go to a museum in my country. He didn't do any of that shit. Turns out he's a fucking liar. I'm very oh sorry God. that I manipulated you all. Why on earth did he tell everyone about fucking a dog then? <laughs> But like, how did he get caught? So, his name isn't even really Louis de Rougemont. Here's his real story. He was born with another French name that I'm going to pronounce badly. Henri Grain 
Actually, I nailed that. Yeah, Henri, nailed it. Henry Grin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he had, he had claimed that he was born to a wealthy businessman in or near Paris, which is an awkward <laughs> lie. In or near. Absolute red flag. <laughs> Bit of a red flag. But he was actually born in a small Swiss village. Um, his dad wasn't a wealthy businessman, but he was a humble wagon maker. <laughs> that is what the article said. But if I could make a fucking wagon, like I wouldn't be humble. No. Why do we call them? I'd be like, look, yeah. you could ride this. Yes. This is fucking amazing. <laughs> look humble. what I made with my hands. It rolls. Oh, I'm sorry you're an accountant. If I attach one of your fucking pieces of paperwork to a horse, can we all ride it to the next destination? <laughs> Now, question, as we deconstruct the truth, did he really sail a ship which crashed in Australia? I have this theory that I've said a few times on the podcast about if you're going to lie, keep the lie as close to the truth as possible. Um, And I think that, yeah, there's got to be certain parts of this that are real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, yes, I think his, because he, he sounds like a bit of a douchebag, let's, let's be honest, he probably wrecked his own boat. Like, the guy's yeah. a dog fucker. Yeah, sure. <laughs> He'd wreck Is a that boat. What, that's what D-bag means. I get it. <laughs> I've never understood that. Hannah so, George, that's some good thinking. Any, so, any so differences? No, just jumping on that. So he's got to cover up yeah. his failure. Hmm. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Um, he did crash on the coast of Australia, but very little of what he wrote about the pearl hunting stuff was true. Like the octopus thing definitely wasn't true. It's felt um, a bit weird because I've eaten calamari and it's not that big. <laughs> They're saying like that it pulls them off the fucking boat. And, and I'm like, that scientifically disproves that story completely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why people have to build such big cages for their chickens. I've eaten a nugget. <laughs> you can house about 50 of them in a shoebox. <laughs> Isn't there that documentary out now on Netflix, like The Octopus Who Taught Me or something like that? Have you seen this? I haven't watched it yet, but everybody's raving about it. There's a really clever octopus in Finding Dory. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. (laughs) Good movie. Good movie, guys. (laughs) Underrated. It's a great movie. Really liked it. Finding Dory was really underrated. I mean, sequels are hard and I thought they nailed it. Just to be clear, I have no children. I saw that in the cinema (laughs) of my own volition. Can it's I just say one better? Film. I saw that in the cinema on my birthday. <laughs> it came out on my birthday. <laughs> oh, I love it. Wow. I, I, I didn't realise I got into a sort of dick-swinging contest for sad anecdotes. <laughs> I will always win, Nish. Always. And you fucking... Yeah, you scream for your mum at the... No, I'm sorry. I need to stop bullying you about this. I don't know what's wrong with me. I was like, oh, I remember Nish when he was 12 and had that home invasion. What a prick. <laughs> sorry, mate. The instinct to bully me is something that I seem to bring out in people. I don't, I don't, I'm not offended by it anymore. <laughs> I almost just said, the best people, you just want to bully them, which is, it's not what I meant. <laughs> I mean, that would actually make me feel a lot better. (laughs) (laughs) Katie, those people really admired you. I think they were just jealous of my, like, giant glasses. God, that's the general equivalent of, like, he teases you because he has a crush on you. Just let him molest you. He loves you. (laughs) Let him pull your pigtails, Taylor. (laughs) He might marry you. Okay. Uh, that's and that's my stuff. <laughs> Drunk women solving crime. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. So he does wreck the ship, but as you said, it's probably just because he was shit at sailing. He never encounters... Uh, any indigenous people. So this is all contrived. So how does he get back from Australia? Well, we'll get to that. But the only source of information he had to riff off was he stole a Bushman's diary. So he had a little bit of information right. about what's, different what's parts of Bushman? Australia. Some so, Haven't you seen Crocodile? It's somebody movie? that loves the ladies. Natural. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, is it, Taylor? Tell, tell us. <laughs> I'm a tit man myself. I'm a bushman. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bushman. <laughs> Don't even think about shaving that. I mean, I think it's literally just somebody who, like, explores the outback, right? A bushman, right? Is it a guy who, like, was, like, crocodile, like, like, some, like you said, crocodile done digging it. He lives in the yeah. outback. He lives out, right, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think that was it. I got the sense it was another white guy who had gone a little bit further inland and he's like, he knows things that I can use, that sort of thing. Now, <laughs> Also, can I just say that I love yeah. that this guy keeps a diary. I know he's not putting yeah. his emotions in it, but yeah, 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 I'd love yeah, it yeah, if yeah. he was. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I just feel like I need to work on me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Also, I, mean, I uh, killed a bunch of snakes. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure, I know what a knife is, but come on, what am I doing out here? <laughs> Do I know what a heart is? <laughs> Snakes are what I call my bad emotions. <laughs> so many of those. Oh my God. Day 120. A crocodile looked into my soul. <laughs> oh, you guys. Now, somehow, I wrote D-bag down, but we already called him a D-bag. It's great. We're just all on the same page. Somehow this D-bag lands a woman called Eliza. Oh, by the way. All he does is he just has a job because he's like fucked. He has no ship. He has no money. So he works as a dishwasher. In Australia. In Australia. And he marries Eliza in Australia. He he marries Eliza. They get married. They have seven kids over the period. Do they? Or is this another fucking (laughs) lie? Also, respect. Some of them were dogs. Even in the the 19th century, white guys failing up. Respect. Yeah. His CV is basically, <laughs> I crashed a boat. Can I watch your dishes? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I crashed a boat. I fucked a dog. Give us a job. <laughs> and Bruno's actually washing all the dishes. Yeah. It's like, cut to the kitchen. He's like, <laughs> one of his references is Bruno, and it just says, a tender lover. <laughs> And it's in quotes, so it's like a cry for help. <laughs> so, do you think he was a good husband and father? What's your? Instinct? I don't think he's a good anything. No, 
Okay. I think maybe he might be one of the guys who, I imagine he was good at making up bedtime stories. I'll give him that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, maybe, I don't know. But he does then leave his children. I was annoyed with him when I thought he'd only had a couple, but seven. Seven. Oh, yeah. So he he leaves the the real children as well. Well, this is the kicker. Yeah. So the fact that even in his made up stories, like, obviously, I love my wife and kids. Yeah. (laughs) It's made up stories and art songs. Yeah. I know, I know, right? (laughs) So, yeah, he abandons them. He spends a little bit of time in New Zealand pretending to be a spiritual guru, because why not? (laughs) Fucking hell. He makes his way back to England, um, and he starts writing for Wide World magazine, where he's welcomed with open arms. P.S. Guys, I went the extra mile, and I actually read a lot of the source material. Because you can read this whole thing online. It is excruciating. It's like being cornered at a party by a guy on Coke who's talking about his gap year. Like, it just never ends, and it's so detailed. Oh, my God. And spoiler, it's really racist. Hooray. So, at first, his writing is really well-received, but then people start to question the validity of it. Um, What do you think people started to question? I've sprinkled little things throughout the story. What struck you as, what the fuck? Nish is frozen on my screen. No, no, I'm back. My internet just went crazy for a second. I didn't want you to miss this, Nish, because my thinking is hovercraft. Because (laughs) I think that um, you mentioned a hovercraft and I was a bit like, coming from the Isle of Wight, we're one of the, oh, catamaran, you said. Catamaran. I always call it catamaran and it's not that slang. (laughs) (laughs) A pudding. Um, The catamaran thing, I think that thing when he saved those people, that feels something that people would maybe question and go like, Really, the people that supposedly attacked him at the beginning, yeah. they're suddenly just going to take him in because he supposedly helped yeah. these other... Yeah, there's not sure plot about holes. You'd get told to rewrite that if that was your film script. You would. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. how did they wash up in the exact place where they left? Like, oh, how lucky we are starving, but we're home. <laughs> that silly C. What a sense of humor she has. Yeah, absolutely. Did anything else strike you as... Oh, I also think the whole, um, hey, here's a wife ceremony. It all feels a bit, that bit in The Return of the Jedi. It all feels a little <laughs> bit like that that sort of section of it. It all, That yeah. feels slightly made up. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure people believed like, oh, yes, of course, cannibalism because they're savages. But then there's yeah. a little bit of like, <laughs> the twist is I'm just sexy. Yeah, yeah. She wants my ass. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's loads of stuff that didn't add up. Like the the time frame didn't make sense because the shipwreck was documented, but it was like 15 years later that he comes back and he's saying 30 years. So that doesn't sort of add up. He also said he wrestled alligators and he should have said crocodiles. Uh, um, so people are like, wait a minute. Also, flying oh. wombats, like anybody who's seen a wombat, knows like those things don't get airborne they're huge they're giant fuzzy adorable lumps oh i was thinking of flying squirrels then because i have seen like something but i didn't know that also i'll be honest with you there's no animal that if somebody said it exists in australia i would rule out like it's not just like (laughs) like there are like laser sharks in australia i'd be like yeah yeah sure yeah 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 Yeah, the sharks have involved lasers yeah 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 i know a hundred percent a hundred percent the other thing is they're like, you can't ride a giant turtle. So just. Oh, yes. And this general sense, like he was apparently this really arrogant, like skinny, very slight guy. And they're kind of like worshipped as a god, huh? Hmm. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, even the Victorians are like, Mer. this is fantastic. Oh, it's, great. it's like a Coen Brothers movie. Like, <laughs> it's absolutely great. I'm so glad you're enjoying it. Um, it was a lot of fun to research, but man, the original text. Fuck you. Anyway. Um, wow. Does he confess to these accusations? How do you think Henri responds? Well, back in the olden timey days, you couldn't just, you know, tweet about find, it. Yeah, well, finding yeah. out the actual facts and stuff. Either someone goes on a fact-finding mission, yeah, which maybe they do. But, you know, I imagine it was a lot easier to get away with shit. Oh. Even, like, fucking 2006, it was a lot easier to get away with shit. Like, before everything was, you know... I, on, not, not for me, I sound incriminating there. But, I mean, you know, just <laughs> everything is documented. And Hannah yeah. George was catfishing the shit out of everybody <laughs> back in 2006. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, you're right. It's so much harder to get credible... Yeah. There's no way, he accounts. definitely, there's no way somebody who makes that up is immediately like, you know what? I'll hold my hands up. That, that book was all horseshit. Like, there's no way someone <laughs> yeah. who has the idea to make up an entire weird life story is like, you know what? Fair's fair. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> no, he's way too invested in it at this point. So he starts giving lectures to try to establish <laughs> his credibility. Yes. Oh, wow. You know what? I've come full circle on this guy and I like him again. <laughs> I like, I like because I like somebody, like somebody being like, "What you're saying? I'm lying." Well, <laughs> let me let get ready for my TED talk. Okay, yes. get ready for it. It is the audacity is kind of yeah, 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 yeah. It's impressive. I've come well, back around on him. You'll really enjoy this because during one of the lectures, he brought in a giant turtle and wrote on it. <laughs> oh, oh fucking hell! And he's like, see. <laughs> That can do it. Baller. Oh, I love it. Jesus Christ. Look, we're not <laughs> no. in the sea. Look what I can do. But people are furious and they're determined to show that he's lying because this is, for the time, a very credible, this is the National Geographic of its time. Someone is finally able to call him out as a hoaxer once and for all. Any guesses who that person might have been? Are they a famous person or just like... Like a policeman or something. Is They're it not famous. famous. It's going to be a botanist or someone that knows about crocodiles. Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> See, oh. that is awesome. And I was going to say Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Queen Victoria. <laughs> Split the difference. That's what we've done between those two. <laughs> oh, I love all these answers. <laughs> The answer, the truth is pretty awesome. It was Eliza. Oh, yes. Oh, nice. She sees a photo of him in a paper in Australia. She's there with all these kids, sees his picture, and there's a story about, is this guy for real? And she's like, fuck this prick. Oh, amazing. That's amazing. That's great. She put herself back in the narrative. I've yes. listening to the Hamilton soundtrack. I fucking like love yeah. Hamilton. <laughs> so, to... literally Eliza's journey. Right. <laughs> so, to round out this story, um, he's fired from his job, but no charges are filed. They just decide it's not worth it. What does he do next? And I'll give you a clue. This has happened a, a surprising amount on this podcast. It's like where the story goes. What does he do with himself? He successfully runs to be president of America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. 
fucking hell. <laughs> Which, of course, we all know today is... Amanda, yeah. just insert something there. Yeah, to, the, to the people listening, commiserations or hooray. <laughs> well, one thing that... But it's often the women that they'll be criminals and they'll get a little bit of notoriety and then they'll become like stars of the stage and screen. So I don't know whether he oh my God, did does, that. Does he do like, does he do like a tour? A one man show? He, he fucking one, does. He does yes. every show. He fucking does. hell. He's a disgraced comedian. <laughs> Never you... underestimate the capacity of a man to turn something into an Edinburgh show. Never <laughs> underestimate it. If there's one thing I've learned in 13 or whatever it is, years at the Edinburgh Bridge, <laughs> it's that any old shit ends up being an Edinburgh show. <laughs> and I, I speak from experience both as an audience member and indeed performer. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you guys oh, nailed man. it. Um, what do you think he called his one-man show? Pathos. <laughs> <laughs> My <Listen>. autobiography. <laughs> Listen, when you're wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> Or when he's been like in total edge lore and I'd be like, dog fucker. Yeah. <laughs> the show was called The Greatest Liar on Earth. Yes! Oh, man. So, I mean, he's leaning see, into it, isn't he? He's oh, leaning into you, and you would go and see that fucking show, wouldn't you? You'd be yeah, like, yeah. this is that cunt that lied. Yeah. He I mean, performs. I wouldn't. I have kids. I'd just read about it. But like, if I didn't have kids, I would go and see that show. I, I, listen, here's, here's what I would have done. I'd go, okay, I'm not going to pay to see this, but I will watch it, I will watch it on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I'm not helping him. Yeah. So he performs it in South Africa first. So that's like his preview. Oh, God. Yeah. Preview season in South Africa where it's safe. <laughs> Fucking hell. And then, honestly, like, truth stranger than fiction, he decides to do his big tour in Australia. Oh. How wow. is it received? So he Eliza all brings the kids on the first night oh and it turns God. into Jerry Springer. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think it's received? I think it's received incredibly. The problem is like you, Katie. Like I'm listening to this being like, what a piece of... Yes, of course I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I want, I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to... I'm going to trust the people of Australia to be annoyed with this man that has brought shame on their country. How's I that think, working out for me? <laughs> <laughs> I think people may be quite... Katie, oh, I'll let you know after these messages. <laughs> oh, okay, look, this is a running gag that Nish isn't going to get. <laughs> these guys get really annoyed with... I would say, I'll answer their question after these messages and there wouldn't be messages. It would just be <laughs> me fucking about. There's no messages. And they really hate it. <laughs> They keep trying to, like, let me know how much they hated me doing that. <laughs> the joke is no one sponsors us. So we just, <laughs> after these messages, nothing. What have we learned about bullying, Katie? It's just because they respect you too much. They're just, they're so jealous. <laughs> we actually love you so, so, so much, Katie. And you need to know that. Thank you. Hannah? Um, I think that people... Um, I think people would go go and see it. So I think that even if it's a kind of... Oh, the critics hate it, but the audiences go. Yeah, I think people will go. I think people will go and see it. Well, yeah, he did sell tickets, but he is booed off the stage the Yay! first show and he cancels the tour. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I trusted the people of Australia and they did the right thing. And you know what? You could trust the people of Australia in this case. So here's to Australia and here's to Eliza. Cheers. (laughs) We solved a crime. Drunk women solving crime. It's time, finally, to hear from one of our listeners who has sent in a crime for us to solve. So, dear drunk women... A while back, I was living in a student house with two friends. On the morning of my 21st birthday, we discovered someone had done a poo, see? Done a poo in the alleyway, running between our house and our neighbors. At first, suspicion fell on the neighbors, also students, because frankly, they just seemed like the type. Then, we realized they were probably the last people who would want a poo in the alleyway next to their house. We never solved the mystery. Five years later... I was living with my best friend, different person, different house, although same neighborhood, when the second poo happened. (laughs) My boyfriend had stayed over at my house while my housemate was at her boyfriend's. Things had not been going well with my boyfriend, and I broke up with him in the morning after he left. I went into the back garden to try to calm down, and I noticed a poo wrapped in kitchen roll in our garden. The only people who could have thrown it there were the neighbors, or so I thought, until I started telling the story and other people raised various possibilities. Was this somehow linked to the first poo? Did my disgruntled ex-boyfriend throw it out of the bathroom window? The problem with this theory is that the kitchen roll it was wrapped in was definitely not ours. Can you help shed some light on the mystery of the two poos? Best wishes, Sam. P.S. This is not a fight club scenario. I'm trusting you to not throw suspicion on me. We can't guarantee that, Sam. <laughs> we have to explore all possibilities. What do you, what do you guys We think? almost always victim blame on this podcast. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Sam, have a word with your colon and have a word with yourself. <laughs> We're so, no. We're so feminist. We're so feminist. This is a, this is a, an awkward one for me because um, Katie's <gasps> husband has actually accused me of shitting on their uh, uh, in front of their old house previously. <laughs> because I, I used to live behind, like almost behind <laughs> Katie in yeah, your old house. Yeah, and yeah, and Shepherd's Bush. Yeah, and at at one stage. Richard did accuse me of doing a huge shit on you. <laughs> you know what? I like there is <laughs> there's no way that was you. <laughs> no, there's no way it was me. And I'll tell you how I know it was me. It's because I could not trust myself to produce something solid enough to be recognised. If if I had done it on your front doorstep, it would have looked like Jackson Pollock himself had <laughs> unloaded. I also like the fact that you lived behind Katie, yet you would. Go to the trouble as going yeah. to the front door to do the shit. Throw it into a back garden. Not it's someone getting caught short, is it? I mean, no, I mean, it, it like it. It probably was someone getting caught short, or someone that hates my husband. It would hate me. It can't be aimed at me. But I remember once uh, I ran into a friend of mine in the like centre of London, like in Cambridge Circus, and like I, I always am obsessed with the idea of like how cool it would be to live in the middle of town, and. Uh, I ran into a, uh, this friend of mine and she, uh, I was like, what are you doing here? She said, oh, I live above, uh, she lived like right on Cambridge Circus. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, that's absolutely incredible. She was like, because I was like, it must be amazing to just be able to like get out yeah. and walk around in the middle. Like I think people living in the middle of the city is so exciting and cool. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. is. It is. But uh, yesterday a man took a massive shit outside my front door. Like, yeah, you know what? That will happen. Yeah, like I'll stick with Shepherd's Bush, <laughs> where it only happens sometimes. 
<laughs> when I remember what, like, sorry, I know we need to solve this crime, but I'm just suddenly remembering all the poo incidences. There was the, a lot of shit around in Shepherd's Bush. A lot of shit. This story, like, I one of my jobs I had in my previous life, I had to park in a multi-story car park and um, walk through the stairwell to get back to my car from this office. There was a shit on the, like, a human shit. Like, there was no way it was a dog shit in, the, in this stairwell landing bit. And there was like what may, there was a very drunk man standing very near it, really laughing and like pointing it out to everyone that had to walk past him. (laughs) And it was just definitely him. Yeah. And he was getting such a kick out of like all these, you know, ostensibly middle class people (laughs) having to avoid his shit. I can never really do observational stand up comedy because the things that I observe people do not think are recognisable. But I, I remember trying to make a piece of material work where I was like, you know how it's weird how you look at a shit and you go, that's definitely human shit. And people were just too disgusted. But it is absolutely true. Like, you know how you see a shit and you go, that's, you did it just then, Kate. You looked at it and you were like, that's, a, yeah. that's human shit. That's one of ours. <laughs> Do you know what? And I'm somebody who comes from a family who have a very large dog. We have a dog that is just, it's ginormous. And yes, it's completely true because I don't, well, I see my own human shit. If, I don't like calling it human shit. That sounds like I've got a secret. It's my human shit and um, it's there. And I do it in the sink in the kitchen like everyone. And, um, but yeah, but dog shit, you're right. Even if it's the size of a human shit, yeah. there's, it's got a doggy Thing to it, which is often like quite a lot of hair in it. Yeah. That's disgusting, isn't it? Just, well, I mean, that can happen either species, really. But we need to. Yeah, we need to stop reminiscing about all our fun shit times. Do you. About yeah, times I've shat on Katie's house. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that these were connected? Can we identify the perp in the story? I mean, like, it, what's going on? She's, if they are, she is the common denominator. I do feel like the second one could be the disgruntled boyfriend. Yeah, it feels like we're being led down that alley, though. Like, um, it really does feel like they've, like, she's mm. like, God, I've just broken up with my boyfriend. It feels like, it almost feels, I don't know, maybe he, in, you guys are the experts. It feels too obvious <laughs> to be the, the yeah. Shit, but like, you know. I feel the one thing that struck me was the fact that it was in the same town and I think there might just be a phantom shitter. You yeah. know, like in a town, you've got somebody that does a thing and like... Yeah. Um, it's like Nish and Shepherd's Bush. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This is Phil in Sheffield. <laughs> yes. The diarrhea man of Shepherd's Bush. Like, yeah. Why was Nish on tour when these happened? <laughs> I think it's strange that it's wrapped up the second time, though. That feels like... Yeah, yeah, and particularly in, in kitchen roll as well, which is like kitchen it, roll is an odd detail. Mm, yeah, detail. like Feels if relevant. it's the boyfriend, he'd have had to bring in that kitchen roll from home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and also sometimes that kitchen roll has little things like written on it, doesn't it? Like with a, so it might have just said fresh across it yeah. or something. Which <laughs> like, I quite like the idea. Who, who buys bounce? Who do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. I absolutely love the idea that this guy is leaving his house being like oh, I've got a sense he's going to break up with me <laughs> yeah <laughs> better pack my kitchen <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'll show her just in case <laughs> but if she double ply <laughs> <laughs> but, but if she isn't I'll flush it nicely down the toilet <laughs> like a good boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was a floater you know 
How far but did then it why float? It was a floater that he had to fling. Why is it in his own kitchen? Unless he always does floaters, so he just started carrying his own kitchen towel because just, he knows it's going to happen again. But this is the second. How can you have two floaters unless she unless the town is the lost city of Atlantis? <laughs> <laughs> This would have made Waterworld so much better if this had been the story. Oh my god! <laughs> just um, occasionally, Kevin Costner's just swimming by. Oh Jesus! Not again. Turd flies past him. Oh. <laughs> now I don't want to do the blame the victim thing, and she specifically said this is not a Fight Club scenario. But isn't that just what Tyler Durden would say? Mm, and really, we shouldn't be talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> also, so she's saying it's not a t- fight club situation, which means it wasn't the result of my split personality disorder. Yeah. So what she's right. implying is I did it knowingly. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's the mystery that was there to solve. It was me the whole time. Yeah. I just Wowzers. Like, I, it's the deliberate nature of either passing a stool onto the kitchen roll or fishing it out yeah like either way there's so much like deliberate preparation has got into that do you know what my um, sam when, needs to move i, I gotta, maybe that's the i've got to tell i've got to tell you one more poop story from when i was 15 <laughs> my friend at school this didn't happen to me it happened to her her dad they had one bathroom in the house and her dad was taking fucking ages in this bathroom and she really had to shit so she got a plastic bag and she shat into it in her own bedroom and then she tied it up really tightly, threw it out the window into the bush underneath her window and played Oasis and felt really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Katie, your friend. We know you were in yeah, Oasis. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look back in anger. <laughs> <laughs> but could it be that? Could it be a teenager that dad, whose dad was taking ages in the bathroom? No, they're all students. But it could still be someone hogging the bathroom. As soon as anyone writes in with, like, there were students around, I'm like, well, there you go. Yeah, like, it's yeah, just, yeah. There like, probably no is a... We literally used to have a phantom shitter in my student accommodation. <gasps> but we used to refer to the phantom shitter who was like, yeah. now, in retrospect, you're like someone who desperately needed a change of diet. Because you're like, <laughs> like, there's no way, there's no way that somebody was just leaving those. Someone is like, chat, wiped, mm. got up, and then the the whatever like they must be like eating iron filings or some shit but it just <laughs> resurfaced oh my gosh oh my I can picture that so perfectly that it, was incredible it was imagery so disgusting <laughs> it was so disgusting I know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> I want to say from my student days not my husband so I'm going to say from my student days <laughs> it was him that did it outside your house I knew it he was bluffing he was trying to throw the blame onto you right you guys I've got to wrap this up just like that yeah. shit in the alleyway <laughs> but I feel like we've sort of landed on student phantom shitter who sometimes raps sometimes doesn't because yeah don't. That's how they get their kicks. Did you analyze? Yeah. Did she analyze the consistency of the turd? Yeah. Did she Gillian McKeith this? Yeah. Did she McKeith? <laughs> did she McKeith? The two turds because we we need to know was there sort of cross referencing? <laughs> yeah, we need forensics on this. Yeah, we okay. need CSI. Sam, <laughs> we need a little bit more info, and then we'll come back. Next to this. time this happens, get a little sample. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crime crime shit investigators, just get a little bit. Just get a little. <laughs> 
could you imagine if it happened again and she was scooping some into a little jar? It's like, it's for a podcast I listen to. I'm going to send it to them. You should listen. They're funny. This is VSVU. It's very special victims unit. Okay? <laughs> yeah. I... What I love is I can feel how much you guys don't want to stop talking about shit, but no, it's, I, it's, yeah, really, it's a beautiful thing. It's so cathartic. It's cathartic. It's, really, it's, it's a really important topic of conversation. Yes, indeed. Um, but another important topic of conversation. Nish, what are you up to? Tell us what you're working on. Well, I um, so I'm doing a show for an app called Quibi, which, and given this is going out in election week, I, I have no idea what has happened. So uh, it's a twice weekly show uh, that we uh, make and film in the UK that is about American politics and, and okay. is a British view on American politics. So cool. I have I no have been idea what has very much. Week. I've been very much enjoying it. It's awesome. Yeah. So for any US Thanks, listeners who haven't heard of yeah. it, please listen to Hello America. It's great. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. so so we're doing that, and we will do that until. Uh, the week before Thanksgiving. So two weeks after the election. So I honestly, like I have no, it's so weird talking about it now. In, yeah. Uh, yeah. In, like mid September, but I'll have been up all night watching whatever <laughs> has happened. And we are genuinely yeah. like prepping for either way, civil war. Yeah. Two, because yeah. I, think, I, you know, I just, I, and I, I'm happy to say this now and I hope to be proved wrong when this yeah. is airing, but <laughs> if he's lost, I just don't think he's going to, go you know yeah. like I, that, wow. that that's my sort of fear um, yeah watch hello america for the remaining two weeks of its run uh and <laughs> not only its run but the uh run of the american experiment um, hey. and then at some stage i'm also going to release my last two i've recorded the audio of my last two touring shows oh cool um, and so those, are, those will be out as albums hopefully they might even be out by the time that this airs. Cool. And oh, what amazing. are they called so we can go oh, and yeah. find them? Good point. Uh, so the, uh, I I actually don't know if they're going to let me do this currently, ah. but I want to call them, uh, the plan is for them to be called It's In Your Nature to Destroy Yourselves Parts 1 and 2. So I want to release them as a two-part thing. We're in the process oh, of working cool. out what that, what that would look like. But it's my last two. It's a show I toured in 2016 and then one that I toured in 2019. And it's sort of the like, it's the shows that I've done. It's it's the sort of my Brexit run. Yeah. Um, yeah okay. Of those two of those two touring shows. Yes, oh, so. awesome! I That's saw. I, I've I've seen. I've I want to say all of your shows. I've probably seen almost all of your shows. I definitely oh saw. It's in your nature to destroy yourselves. Oh, thanks, Kate. I saw it. Yeah, I saw yeah, it at the Hackney yeah, Empire, Hackney, yeah, and Sarah yeah. Barron was supporting you. Yes, that's right. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, awesome. It was, we did two. We did one of the shows that the bulk of the recording comes from was the night that we were supposed to leave. Like it was March twenty eighth, I think. Oh and wow! So there was one on Friday and one on Monday, but it was that sort of weekend. Oh wow! So it was like a weird, like it, yeah, it's a weird weekend. It's like an, it's a weird thing to listen back to because it sort of feels both yeah. dated and then also there's like weird stuff that because I, I had to listen to it to edit it and it's wow. it's really weird listening to yourself be wrong about things oh man <laughs> that's but like that's an incredible thing to have on record as well yeah like, it's nice, I, that it's moment nice document. yeah yeah i can't i can't possibly imagine what that's like um, 
Guys, I've got to wrap it up. So I yeah, just oh want to God. say we've been drunk women solving crime. This is Men's Month, and we've had Nish Kumar. Thank Yay! you. I had such a great time. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then please write it in that review and we'll solve it. Thank you so much to ACAST for hosting us and thank you for listening. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water... It starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you.